This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. NBA season's around the corner. There's some NBA news percolating, which gives us an excuse to have Tom Haberstroh Meadowlark Media, co-host of the Basketball Illuminati podcast on the program. Give us some wisdom. One of my favorite dudes, Mr. Haberstroh. Hope you had a had a good summer, buddy. Thanks for being on. Yeah, had a great summer. How about yourself? Amazing, wonderful. Spent a bunch of time with the kids. They go to school tomorrow, which they're bummed about, and I'm thrilled about because I get the house to myself again. Yeah, I'm actually taking the plunge here in a, in a couple weeks. My daughter, believe it or not, is going to be entering kindergarten. And it feels like yesterday I was probably asking you for parental tips on what it's going to be like to be a dad. And here she is jumping into kindergarten. So that's a big deal here in the Haverstrow household. Dude, that's super awesome. And I will throw out the cliche that you're tired of hearing, but I'm living it. So I'm just going to say it to try to make ease the pain. Don't blink because then your daughter will be my daughter and she'll be in eighth grade and you'll realize she's five years from college. Oh, man, that halfway point of being, like, closer to college than being born, oh. I'm not ready for that one. It's fast, buddy. <laughs> it's fast. All right, let's, um, let's, let's go from joyous things to dysfunction and toxicity. Toxicity? I can't say the word. Um, we've talked a lot about Kyrie Irving on, on the show, and obviously there's been some question marks, Tom, about where he's going to be. The latest reporting is that the Nets and Kyrie Irving are going to try to make that, that broken marriage work. I just want to start here. Because I know I, I always say this before you come on and after you're on. I love you look at the game in a really smart and interesting way, and you're one of the I, I think, and I love our colleagues, but a few NBA reporters whose opinions I can never guess. Your, your perspectives, which are educated and informed, vary maybe from from the pack often, which I like. What is the value in a vacuum if he plays enough games of, of Kyrie Irving at this stage of his career? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's one that I've struggled with throughout my career is analyzing the value of Kyrie Irving because part of it is how much of Kyrie Irving are you getting? And when you look at Kyrie Irving at this stage of his career, um, the fact that he's 30 years old and he's played 29 games last year, part of it due to his own decision-making, but injuries are certainly a big issue with Kyrie Irving, 54 games played in the year before that and just 20 Um, The year before that, he dealt with knee injuries in the finals. We remember with the Cavs. Um, And so going, projecting him going forward, not just from a reliability standpoint on showing up to work, there's questions there, um, but also just the health of his knees and his general health going forward. Is he 30 years old or is he more like 34? It goes all the way back to Duke um, when he was injured at Duke and barely played before entering the draft. So he is one of the most injury-riddled superstar, or I'll say stars, in the league. And I don't think people talk about that enough because they're so entranced by the fact that he can really dribble very well. And I think when you talk about Kyrie Irving, one-on-one, his handle and his finishing abilities, he is 
maybe unparalleled in the NBA in terms of that package. I would put Stephen Curry above him, um, me personally. But when you talk about his offensive gifts, they're great. But they don't outweigh his defensive liability and his availability liability. And to me, um, I don't consider him a reliable star, an all-star in today's NBA. To me, he's got a great ceiling on the offensive end, but his defensive issues and his locker room issues and his just injury issues, I don't consider him a top 30 NBA player because of those question marks surrounding Kyrie Irving. It's such a... It is just such a it is such a great answer, um, Tom. Just got a little breaking news here from from Shams. Steve Nash, Sean Marks, the owner of the Nets, uh, reportedly met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in L.A. yesterday, and have decided they're going to move forward with a p- partnership, according to to this uh, according to this tweet. So Durant is a net. Kyrie, what you just described, the rosters are constructed, the uncertainty of Ben Simmons. What is the legitimate range of possible outcomes for the Nets? What, what are they entering the season? Well, I still think that anytime we have a big story like this, um, the dysfunction of the Nets is the common denominator. Every time we think that things are on stable ground, Kyrie Irving opts in. It seems like he and Kevin Durant are on the same page and that they want to build together going forward. Then Kevin Durant drops this trade demand, um, and it seems like, wow, Things really were not what they seem. And so, yes, we are getting this report from Sham saying that all the parties met together um, and they're looking forward to going forward um, together. But I really look at this from a, a very skeptical point of view, because what we see a lot at this time of the year is teams are waiting in a game of chicken. Who's going to bite first? Who's going to blink first on the sense of, Who's going to put in that extra draft pick? Who's going to put in that extra rotation piece to get Kevin Durant? And one way to gain leverage in this situation is to say, hey, everything's good over here. If you're going to, want Kev- if you're going to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to really pay up and blow us out of the water because right now we're looking to play and everything's fine going forward. We really don't want to move Kevin Durant. We really don't want to move Kyrie Irving. And so for both of those players – Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I still don't think that they are going to be on that roster at season end. I think both of them will be gone. And I think all of this to me is posturing by the Brooklyn Nets to say, look, if you want these guys, you're going to have to add several more assets into that trade package. We're not just going to give away these players for free. Tom, Tom Haversow here on the show. Tom, would you, um, would you trade if you were in Memphis, would you be open to Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain as part of a package for, for Kevin Durant? I would. I would. Um, you know, especially with Jaron Jackson's injury going forward, Desmond Bain is a really good rotation piece. But if you're going to be able to get Kevin Durant and pair him with John Morant without giving up a bona fide all-star, um, that's an incredible haul for, for the Memphis Grizzlies if they can get, uh, you know, one of the best basketball players ever in a market like Memphis – um, you just don't get those opportunities. And you might say, hey, like Desmond Bain, really good up-and-coming role player, um, a guy who can score 20 points a game with efficiency and play hard-nosed defense, a great three-point shooter. But he's not Kevin Durant, and he's not the possibility of Kevin Durant. And I would also throw this into the equation. is John Morant 
Um, if you talk to executives and coaches around the league, they love him as a player, but projecting him going forward, there's a lot of injury risk, as we've seen with uh, Derek Rose, those similar high-velocity, high-impact players, young players, they don't tend to age well um, going into the league. So that window of John Morant's prime years might be a little bit shorter than you would think with a, a, a standard star, young star in the league. So if you have the opportunity to get Kevin Durant and maximize that prime, those prime years for John Morant, I think you do it. And if Desmond, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. are the price, I would absolutely make that deal. Tom, Tom Haversow here on the show with excellent timing on a, what's becoming a, a net-centric and news-driven segment here on, on CBS Sports Radio. Tom, let's just get, let's keep it in Brooklyn. There, there are so many question marks in that organization. And I know I'm going to ask you a question about Ben Simmons that is, is almost, it feels impossible to answer, having been asked it many times myself on various places. But best guess, people you've talked to, what you think, what is Ben Simmons going to be in the NBA in, in six months or 12 months or 18 months? I mean, your guess is as good as mine, Bill. Talking to people around the league, it is a huge question mark. And every time that we think we've come to a place of understanding, um, everything falls apart. Like you thought he was going to come back in for the playoffs and and he was going to show up and play, and he didn't ultimately. And then there was the surgery. Look, back surgeries, as you know, covering this league, are extremely, extremely volatile in terms of those uh, results back from those injuries. You remember Dwight Howard Um, when he was with the Lakers, had back surgery and was never really the same, couldn't move nearly the same way. And so Ben Simmons, you have to wonder, is his ability to play above the rim um, as a big, is that going to be mitigated by that back injury? And you saw it with Dwight Howard, um, how much that sapped his bounce and sapped his lateral mobility to the point where at the tail end of his career, he was um, you know, a rotation player, not an all-star. And so do I think Ben Simmons, is going to be just a rotation player at this point? No. Um, he's younger. He's got more skill with the ball in his hand. I think he's going to be a really good player. But to me, back surgery is so nerve-wracking when you see that as an analyst. Uh, I want to wait till I see not just his commitment to playing, his mental health aspect and his ability to show up for his teammates, but I do think that the back surgery is a big problem and projecting him going forward is a fruitless exercise. We, we just don't know with a player like this. We've never seen this from a player like this. So young and so talented in dealing with all those issues. Um, I, I just don't have a good sense of where he's going to be uh, this time next year or even in the next couple months. Talking to Tom Haverstrow from Middle Arc Media, co-host of the Basketball Illuminati podcast. And, Tom, one of the great things about this doing a radio show is when I have work at my other job, I can have really smart people like you on the show and ask you the questions that I have to then wrestle with later. So it's like a it's a really unfair cheat code. I've got to put together a top 100 players in the NBA list for, for my other gig. And I was thinking, I really was, three or four days ago up about putting Steph Curry number one. I was thinking, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a... A homer. I'm not really a Warriors fan, but I just I think he's so incredible. Then Shaq comes out, and as I'm sure you know, said he's the best player on earth. Do you think that's a reasonable a reasonable place to to come down on who the best player in the NBA is right now, Steph Curry, or are we conflating too much his career with who he is right now? Oh, I think it's definitely reasonable. He's the best shooter of all time. He's one of the best scorers of all time. He uh, Finals MVP, sensational performance at his age. Um, anytime you want to have a best player in the NBA discussion, best player on the championship team, yeah, you've got a really good stake to that claim. However, 
I would say Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA right now. In his prime, can play both ends elite basketball, and Steph Curry, as good as he was in the finals, um, and as good as he was for the Warriors last season, to me, I think it's 1A Giannis and 1B Stephen Curry. LeBron James, a- amazing player. Kevin Durant, amazing player. Um, but to me, their availability and their question marks about how available they will be going forward, um, I don't have those same questions with Stephen Curry. So I, I do think that Steph, um, Shaq is on to something here. Um, I think he has a lot of credibility in this space considering – you know, he's giving Stephen Curry a lot of credit at a position that he doesn't play. And typically what we see from these guys, these old timers, is that they pick a guy who plays the same position as them and say, yeah, he's elite because it actually makes them look better. It's, it's kind of projecting their own uh, instincts onto that player. And I think when you, when you look at Shaq, um, you know, praising Stephen Curry, there's this other thing that I think is also happening is, I've often said that Steph dominates the game 30 feet away like Shaq. He is Shaq 30 feet away. Um, He warps the floor like Shaq did during the Lakers years and the Magic years where you have so many, you know, five guys keying in on him even when he doesn't have the ball. And that's the same impact that we see with Stephen Curry. He tilts the floor in his favor much like Shaq did. Uh, But you know what? Another player does that almost as well, Giannis Antetokounmpo. To me, two-way elite player. Um, I give him the slight edge going into next season. Mr. Habershow, last one for you. I find myself in, in uncomfortable territory because I would not describe myself as necessarily the, the front of the line of the Doc Rivers fan club, which I don't want to ask you about. I'm not trying to put you in that position, but I, I tend not to be super bullish on, on Doc Rivers' teams. And I find myself extraordinarily tempted to buy into the, the Sixers this year and the idea of a rejuvenated, a renaissance James Harden. Would you like to talk me out of that or, or, or encourage me down this unusual path? Oh, I really like the 76ers going into next season. Um, I still think that Mike D'Antoni might end up with that job at the end of the season just because there's a lot of expectations on James Harden. Uh, He's coming into shape better, apparently. Uh, But I still think that the Houston Rockets East that they have been building um, with two new new additions in P.J. Tucker um, and Daniel House, those two guys used to play with Mike D'Antoni in Houston and James Harden and Daryl Morey and the CEO of that organization in Philly from Houston. Uh, I still think that there are going to be question marks if things don't go well out of the gate. Um, and you did know notice that Mike D'Antoni was interviewed for the Charlotte Hornets job but did not ultimately get it, so he is still a free agent. So I will say that the 76ers do have a high ceiling this year because of those superstars and James Harden and Joel Embiid, but don't discount the – up-and-coming star in Tyrese Maxey, who actually outscored James Harden as a 21-point scorer in the postseason. He was a much more reliable go-to scorer um, from the wing than James Harden was. So you have this 21-year-old budding star in Tyrese Maxey who can be you know, added into the big three of the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm big on them, especially if they get another elite performance from Tyrese Maxey next year as he turns 22 in the league. Tom Haverstrow, one of the most talented NBA writers, thinkers, podcasters in the country with Meadowlark. As always, buddy, appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, best of luck to your daughter on her first day of kindergarten. That's a big moment. That's exciting. Those are the, those are the days that life is about. Happy for you guys. And, and as always, man, appreciate your time. Thank you, Bill. Anytime. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.